to Psalm chapter number 86 and verse number 9. Psalms 86 and verse number 9. As we are continuing on the main or the chief purpose of man, and that is to glorify God. We're going to look at some ways that man may glorify God. Psalms 86 and verse number 9. Man was made, by the way, to glorify God. Uh, Since the fall, uh, however, man spends most of his time glorifying himself uh, instead of God. Um, But it is our chief end, it is our main purpose uh, to glorify God and man... Uh, who does not live to glorify God will never be happy. He'll never be happy. Uh, Because that is our chief purpose, is to glorify our Lord. And so there are many ways the Scripture tells us that we are to glorify Him. Psalm 86 verse 9 says, All nations whom Thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. Shall glorify thy name. Notice all nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. Now, all nations, he says, that he has made shall come and worship before him. Now, those that worship Him are those that know Him. Those that worship Him are the redeemed, the sheep of His pasture. And we know what the Scripture teaches straight through the doctrine of election and what the Scripture teaches us concerning that. But here, David writes for us, he tells us here that all nations, all nations whom Thou hast made, shall come and worship before thee. That tells me a remarkable thing here that we don't fully understand, can't fully put it all together, but it tells me a remarkable thing here that of every nation that has been, God has an elect in those nations. Nations that are unheard of to us today in, in, in how God works it out, it is only known in many cases to His glory that maybe we'll find out someday about those traveling, those coming here in contact, coming in contact with the gospel as it's proclaimed, being in the places where they are at. We have some of those examples given to us in the Scripture, for instance, with, with Candace, Queen of Ethiopia, her, her unit that was in charge of her treasury. He meets Philip on the way there in Gaza across the desert there. And, and he doesn't meet him accidentally. The, the Spirit of God sends him to the Ethiopian unit there. And, and Philip comes upon him while he's in his chariot. And he's reading there from Isaiah chapter 53. And Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I? Except some man tell me. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's like a, a, 
a bone to a dog right there for a preacher. <laughs> and Philip started there at the same scripture, the Bible says, and preached unto him Jesus. Started there at the same spot, preached unto him Jesus. And so this man, who was a Jewish proselyte, had come up from Ethiopia there, is on his way. He meets Philip on the way. The Lord gloriously saves that man there, and he carries the gospel back with him down into Ethiopia. We see these kind of examples throughout history. We see these examples given to us in the Scripture. But the remarkable thing to me is that the confidence that David has in what God has worked, the confidence in what God has declared to David that he would write these words down, that of all the nations that he's got, he has his elect, he has his people among them, and all of them will bow before him and will worship him. O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. It is, it is what we are made to do, to glorify our God. Man glorifies God by being tender of His glory. The child of God, we as the children of God, we love the glory of God. We love the idea of the glory of God. We weep to see it disgraced. It, it bothers us when we see someone speak or, or do against our God. And I, we live in a world today that is doing that more and more and more. And we see that more and more in our society. And the, 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 the pain that it brings in us and even the anger that it brings up in us when we see someone trying to deface the glory of God. We love as the children of God, we love the glory of God. We want our Lord glorified. That is our chief purpose. That's what we want to see as His people. And when He is in some way dishonored, when He is slandered, when He is cast off, the same things happen to His children as well. And so that's one of the reasons we weep when we see our society turning so quickly from God. Why our anger rises in us when we see the hatred towards our God in our society today because we know it's coming toward us as well. And so we love, we love the glory of our God. And we glorify God by our fruitfulness in John 15 John chapter number 15 and verse number 18 I'm sorry verse 8 not 18 verse 8 John 15 and verse 8 we glorify God by our fruitfulness as the Lord says here, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. And so he, he says, the Father is glorified by our fruitfulness, by our serving Him, by us producing those fruits in us uh, that are born in us by the Spirit of God as 
Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22 tells us those fruits of the Spirit. As those fruits are born out in us, our Lord is glorified. He is glorified in the faithfulness of His people. We read in Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 11, Paul speaks about these fruits of righteousness here. Philippians 1 and verse number 11. Philippians 1 verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, under the glory and praise of God. Being filled, he says, with the fruits of righteousness, which are born in us, which grow in us by Jesus Christ our Lord, and they are put in us, they are born in us by Him for the glory and praise of God. And so He's glorified in our fruitfulness, and we are called then to bear much fruit, bear much Fruit. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 16. Matthew 5 and verse number 16. Let's read verse 15 with that as well. Now nah, we'll read verse number 14. Verse 14, down three verses. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. In our fruitfulness, we shine forth light that others might be able to glorify God, you see. And so He encourages us here to let our light shine that others might be able to see God in us. And seeing God in us, they also might believe. They also might repent. They also might glorify our Father which is in heaven. They also might bear fruit. They also might shine their light as well. Let your light so shine. Before men. We are to bear fruit. We glorify God also by being content where He puts us. We glorify God by being content where He puts us. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 23. This verse Sunday, or this, this this passage of verses here. We begin there in verse 23. Paul says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off. 
of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. And he goes on to explain in chapter 12 when this happened in his life. Because Paul did not always think that way. That was not always his mindset that he would glory. That's hard for us to fathom. Because we don't do it. I mean, if we're honest, we don't glory in our infirmities. We whine about our infirmities. We cry about our infirmities. We say, Lord, why about our infirmities? Lord, help in our infirmities. But do we glory in them? It's hard for us to fathom that. It's hard for us to to be able to even process what Paul is saying there. And Paul describes here in chapter 12 exactly where this took place in his life. And he says this was because he'd been given many revelations. He was... He said he didn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. He was caught up to the third heaven and heard these revelations come from come from God. And he says that he that uh, these unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter, he says. And he said that so that he wouldn't glorify himself in this. He said, according the flesh was given him, and he determined. When this thorn in the flesh, this problem came on him, when this situation arose in his life, when this, when this affliction came on him, he, he supposed that this was a messenger from Satan that was there to buffet him or to beat him down. And Paul said, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, that he would take it away. Three times he prayed, Lord, remove this. Three times he prayed that the Lord would take this from him. Three times Paul said, Lord, you, you don't know how much better I could serve you if I did not have this affliction on me. And the Lord said, no. No. I'm not going to do that, Paul. I'm not going to take that from you. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so why is it then, and Paul Paul goes on to say it here after verse 9, is what, or after he's received this no from the Lord, he goes on and says the same thing that he said over here in, in verse number 30 of chapter number 
11. What, what is it there that, Paul, that changed Paul's mind on this? Well, first of all, what changed his mind was God's one in control. Wouldn't Satan? It wasn't Satan that was buffeting him. Paul, Paul had a clear understanding that the reason this thing was on him is because the Lord allowed it on him. The Lord wanted it on him. And so that's first. But secondly was the reason the Lord gave him there in verse number 9. Because he says that his grace is all Paul needed. My grace, you don't need a healthy body, Paul. You don't need this removed from you. You don't need me to take care of all of your problems and remove them out of your way. You don't need for me to give you a comfortable life. My grace is sufficient for you. That's all you need, Paul. My grace is sufficient. And then he goes a step further. Not only is his grace sufficient, but he also says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, Paul, when you're weak, my strength shines through you. Paul, when you feel like you are suffering, when you feel like you're down, when you feel like you're beaten to a core here, when you feel like you've been torn down, my power shines all the more through you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, you see. And so Paul says, most gladly, therefore, Will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me? Therefore, he says, he keeps laying it on. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities. In persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You see, all these things that he's describing here, all these struggles, all these troubles, all of these these situations that arise, the trials, the tribulations, the struggles, as we looked at there in in the promise of our Lord in Romans chapter 8, 28 on Sunday morning, the reality is when those things come on us, it as for the child of God, those things draw us to our Lord. They make us dependent on Him. They make us call out to Him all the more. They make us look and search for our Lord in our lives. They make us turn to His Word. They make us bow to Him in prayer. They make us be mindful of our place before Him. They make us desire His presence in our life. And so these things, though they are uncomfortable, these things, though they cause us distress and the moment. These things that give us pain, these things that He calls infirmities and reproaches, necessities and persecutions and distresses, these things draw us to our Lord. 
And as they draw us to our Lord, even though we may be weak, and the thing is, the thing we have to realize is that whether we have these things or we have perfect health and everything's going great, we're still weak. We're still weak. Whether everything's going great and we've got perfect comfort and we've got perfect peace and we've got everything going right for us or whether we're covered over in all of these infirmities and reproaches and the whichever case we find ourselves in, we're weak. We need the presence of our God whether we have good times or whether we have bad times. We need His strength whether we're struggling under the weight of these tribulations or whether we're just riding a mountain high. It does not matter what place we find ourselves. We need the presence of our God continually because we are weak. But it's when we have good times, when we have comfort, when we have peace, when we've got all of these things going well for us, it doesn't tend to drive us to our Lord. It's the troubles, it's the struggles, it's the trials, it's the tribulations. Those are the things that drive us to our Lord. That call us, cause us to call out to Him. And it's in those times, as we continue on faithful, that even in our weakness, His strength shines through. And so whether we are in good times and comfort and joy, or whether it's trial and struggle and tribulation, we are to be content where God has put us, knowing that He has allowed it in our lives, that He wants it in our lives, and that His grace is absolutely sufficient to carry us through. Absolutely sufficient to carry us through. Most gladly, Paul says, therefore, most gladly, therefore, Will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me? Being content under a cross is the epitome of Christianity. In fact, our Lord says, take up your cross and follow me. Psalm chapter 16. Psalm 16. Psalm 16, verse number 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. 
Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord, David says. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, 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 for this reason, therefore, my heart is glad. And my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Now, verse number 10 gives us some insight here. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. What is it here that he's telling us? This is a messianic psalm. This is a psalm about our Lord Jesus. Now verse 10 is the one we see. Verse 10 and 11, we see these verses quoted even in the New Testament. Acts chapter 2, for instance, Peter quotes these verses. And Peter tells us there, David wasn't talking about himself here. Because he said, David's still in the grave. His body is corrupted. That's not the Holy One he was talking about there in verse number 10. We're talking about David. He's talking about the Lord Jesus himself. And he said, our Lord says, David writes this here 800 years before this took place. Our Lord said, our Lord said here, That all that He was going to do for us, all that He was enduring in our place, even to His own death, He said, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. This is our Lord knowing what He's about to do for us. 
and declaring his joy to do it. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. The joy was not the cross. He endured the cross, he says, for that joy that was set before him. First part of that joy was to glorify his Father. The second part of that joy was to save his people from their sin. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. If our Lord is content to go to the cross in our stead, to take our sins upon Himself, to die in our place in order to give unto us His righteousness, to make us His own. If He is content to endure all of that for us, should we not be willing to be content to endure those things that our Lord allows in our path as well? Knowing, knowing His promises, Knowing His promise that it's not there. It's not there to destroy us. But rather it's there to build us. That it's there even that it's for our good. Be content. Be content where the Lord puts us in our lives. Because He's sovereign and He's working. And He's given us His promises. They are sweet and precious promises to us. Trust Him. Trust Him. Be content. We glorify God also. By working out our own salvation. While I'm hearing, praying, growing, we're glorifying God. As we seek Him out, as we look in His Word, as we desire to find more and more and more about Him and what He's done for us and who He is, we glorify Him. We glorify God by living to Him. By living to Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 15. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 15. But even unto this day, well, 
I'm reading the wrong chapter altogether, not just the wrong verse. Chapter 5, verse 15. And that he died for all, and that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. We are to live unto him. Unto him. Romans 14. Romans 14 and verse number 8. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Live unto Him. Live unto Him. We glorify God by walking cheerfully in this world. When the world sees us as the children of God, cheerful, joyful, in our worst times, it is a glory to God. It is a witness to this world. Our joy in Him shows this world that we serve a good Master. That we have a good God that we serve. We also glorify God by standing for His truths. The command that is given to us is to contend for the faith. To contend for the faith. Many contend for their opinions. They contend for their preferences. Uh, They contend for traditions. Uh, But we're called to contend for the faith. What does God's Word say? What does He teach us in His Word? That's what we're to contend for. Not our preferences. I have my preferences about all sorts of things. I've got my opinions about all sorts of things. But I'm not to contend for those. I mean, I can tell them, I can say, this is what I think about this, this is what I think about that. I can give my opinion on those things, but this is what I understand on. My opinions may be wrong. My preferences might be wrong. They may not be best. God's Word's never wrong. His His Word's never wrong. We stand on it. That's what we're to defend. That's what we are to contend for. That's what we are to stand on. We glorify God by praising Him. We glorify God by being zealous for His name. We glorify God by drawing others to Him. We glorify God when we suffer for Him. We glorify God by giving Him all the glory for that which we do. Acts chapter 12. 
and verse number 23. Acts 12 and verse number 23. Acts 12, verse number 23. This is the death of Herod. Herod's set in royal apparel. He's set upon his throne and he made this great speech. And the people gave a shout. It tells us there in verse 22 saying, It is the voice of a God and not a man. Verse 23 says, Immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. He did not give God the glory. We're to give God the glory for everything. Everything we do, everything that we work, we're to give Him the glory. Praise be to God. Praise be to Him. Glorify Him. 1 Corinthians 15 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 10. First Corinthians 15, verse 10. Paul says, Yea. No. Let me say verse 10. I'll read verse 15. Verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul says God's grace. My grace, is already told that, my grace is sufficient for them. Paul says, by God's grace, I did all that I could do. That I worked the works that I performed. It is our chief end. Our chief purpose. To glorify our Lord in every aspect of our lives. Glorify. Glorify. Let's all stand and we'll be dismissed.